Welcome to Let's Admit It, a college admissions podcast hosted by the Boise Bible College Admissions Department. Here, we aim to answer the spoken and unspoken questions of high school students and parents who are looking to learn more about a Christian college experience. You can learn more about Boise Bible College at www.boisebible.edu. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Let's Admit It podcast. I'm Michael Gritton. I am and have been your host on this wonderful uh, expedition we've been on together. Um, this is the last time I'm going to mention this bit right here. But um, what we're doing this semester is a little bit different than what we've done last semester. Last semester, uh, the podcast was very focused on answering the questions that you know, a high school student might have in regards to um, applying to colleges, specifically our college. Um, I feel like we covered most, if not all, of the important content in that time frame. So we're moving on to something else, which is um, the introduction of the people that you, um, as a student here at Boise Bible College, uh, will spend the most of your time with, which are the professors. Um, so, um, you know, we've we've heard from a lot of the different department heads um, up until this point, and so we're going to have a couple more of those. And one of them is uh, today, uh, Miss Amber Grove. Amber. Hello. Hello. Uh, Amber and I have a little bit of history. I only took, I think I only took one or two of your classes, um, but along with being the, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Christian teaching degree program, um, along with that, you are also the head librarian. Yes. And so um, my my main, the the majority of the time that we spent together was as Boston employee, um, and one of my favorite moments in college was after the two years of me badgering you for a job in the library, <laughs> I turned into a junior and you finally gave me that job in the library. It was an awesome moment. Um, you were very persistent. <laughs> I think the first, I think within the first two weeks I had asked you for a job in the library and you're like, mm, it's usually for upperclassmen. I'm like, okay, this is what the next two years are going to consist of then. Cause I want you to know I want this job. And, uh, worked out so uh persistence is key ladies and gentlemen okay amber so um last semester like i mentioned in our little intro um a lot of the questions revolved around the specifics of college applications or um you know college life whether that's writing essays or filling out uh scholarship applications which if you haven't yet you should be doing um but this semester is a lot more about just talking to professors and hearing their stories so um as opposed to last semester where it was like, tell me the intricacies of this specific thing. This is, uh, tell me whatever you want the audience to know about Amber Grove. So um, I'm gonna throw you a question and then this floor is yours. Do with it what you will. Um, starting with the the very broad interview question of just tell me about yourself, uh, specifically in regards to schooling and ministry experience that you just wanna talk about. Oh, okay. Um... I came to Boise Bible College as a full-time professor eight years ago, but prior to that, I have 18 years of experience teaching in the classrooms. I went to school, in, well, my first degree was from here, from Boise Bible College. I got an associate's in Christian ed. Nice. And then my husband, Russell, and I moved to Ohio for him to do his master's degree work. One of the beautiful things there is that he was working for Cincinnati Bible College Seminary and spouses could go to school for free. So you can't pass that up. So I looked into what kind of bachelor's degree would I want, and it all came down to teaching. This is the first time in my life I ever thought of being a teacher. 
but I, God laid it on my heart, and that's, I have not regretted it <laughs> since. Uh, so I got my teaching degree through a consortium agreement between two colleges, Cincinnati Bible College and the College of Mount St. Joe. And after graduating from there, God moved us to Jacksonville, Florida, and that's where I started my actual teaching career. God, in all his wisdom, placed me in specific places to learn specific things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't realize that wisdom until we're looking back over time. I always felt called to the public school system. I wanted to be a Christian teacher in the public school setting, but the first job God gave me was at a Christian school just down the road from my house. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, great, let's get our feet wet. And that's where he showed me that I had chosen correctly, that I love teaching, and I loved it. But after three years there, the opportunity came for me to go to a public school, so I jumped at it. It was interesting, though, during the interview with this particular school, um, I realized at a point they were going to offer me the position. And so I prayed, Lord, please tell me, is this where you need me to go? Is this right? Do I say yes to this or, or what? And he was silent. There was nothing. No, I didn't get a feeling. I didn't get anything. It was just blank. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm not hearing anything. So if you don't say anything, I'm going to say yes. And he didn't say anything. So I said, yes. And so at this point, my first experience in public school was in an inner city school. Mm. And oh, wow, it was hard. It was the most difficult time of my teaching career period. This is a school that if you had any weakness whatsoever, the kids found it and capitalized on it. Mm. But my, the looking back, God put me there to refine me, to shape me into the teacher he needed to be to me to be in order to reach the kids that he would bring my way. And this was my training ground. <laughs> okay. So during this time, I cried out to God daily, please, Lord, find a loophole in the stipulation of the district that you cannot transfer for three years. Oh, wow. So I knew I'm going to be here for three years, Lord, three years. And please, please, please get me out of it. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I'd be crying. It was terrible. Um, and he, but the message I kept getting from him was cling to my promises, cling to my promises. And I did. Mm. And one of the things I clung to was the fact that in the first three years, she showed me I loved it. And mm. so my mantra for me was, I loved it once. I'll love it again. Learn what I need to. <laughs> so what the really neat thing is at the end of my three-year stint, because you can't transfer for three years, <laughs> the three-year stint, I got to the point where uh, I could stay. It's like, I know how to work here. I know how to work with these children. And I loved, I loved the children. It was difficult, but I loved the children. Uh, and I felt I could be selective into where I would go to. And so that was my prayer then, Lord, if there's a school, open the door. If not, I'm fine. I'll wait till you open a door. Well, he did. He opened a door right away to a school close by. And I went there. And there I found I loved teaching again. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful thing. And so I'd been refined to work with those difficult, difficult, hard students uh, that often get overlooked and be pushed aside. I believe that was the ministry he gave me. So we were there. Uh, I came here. God moved us again <laughs> from Florida back here to the Northwest where we grew up. And I came here with 11 years teaching experience at that point. And at that point, he, I taught for a year in elementary school and then moved with the principal to middle school, which I'd never thought I'd be in. Absolutely adored it there. So 18 years of experience and then came here to Boise Bible College. Woo-hoo. Woo! And 
Also along the way, when we were in Florida, my husband, ministry experience, my husband was the Christian ed director at the church there in Jacksonville, so I had opportunities all over. We ministered together, and I had the opportunities to work with anywhere from babies all the way up through the senior adults in the congregation. So I had experience, vast mm. experience teaching there and opportunities to go to Guyana, South America and teach the ladies there in the sister churches that we were working with down there. Yeah. So there's that. Russell's told me about those Guyana trips and the thing he always tells me about is the humidity. Oh my um, goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. You think Florida's humid? Yeah. Go to South yeah, America. You guys went, yeah, you guys went from uh, from the shower to the swimming pool on that one. <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, we, t- we talk a lot about the unique perspectives um, that our, our professors have here. Um, something that I always talk about as a strong, a strong point is that, like you said, uh, our professors are practitioners. Mm-hmm. So um, they're not just doing lectures based on what they learned in grad school or you know right. their doctoral program uh these are things they learned in the trenches um you and russell have maybe the most unique uh perspective on the college in that you, not only were you guys you know students here at one point not only did you guys have experience in the field both international and local not only did you guys come back and are now professors, but you guys also had uh, your children come through the school here. So um, from your perspective, purely as mother of student who came to Boise Bible College, what has this place been like for you? Oh, great. Awesome. It was always our thought that we wanted our kids, no matter what vocation they wanted to go into, to have a Bible college foundation before they jump ship to go into whatever field and so our our hope was that they would stay at the college and get a ministry degree but (laughs) if they didn't if they felt called somewhere else and so it was just natural for them to come here my oldest daughter Kristen came here and got her Christian teaching degree Mm -hmm. and went on to teach in local schools here my son the next he got a worship, well, youth ministry degree with an emphasis in worship. Mm-hmm. and Which, by the way, her son's name is not the next. Uh, her son's name is Ryan. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Ryan. Yes, you do have a name. You're precious and wonderful, and I love you. Okay, Ryan Grove. Ryan um, is, has been a worship leader, a youth minister, and then in the last, uh, I would say, seven years, worship leader solely in churches and a church here locally and my youngest daughter Kaylee I will give her her name um, she also came here and got a youth ministry degree mm-hmm. went on to do some youth ministry work and now is you know has little ones at home so that's what she's yeah. doing here presently but anyway yeah so it's been a real blessing to our whole entire family to be able to come through here and get they get that foundation and for yeah. some to continue on a ministry so do you think uh having mom and dad as professors was a driving factor in their decision to come here or was it a kind of more a, a an individual choice um ha- having us as professors here well because we're in boise yeah this is where you're going <laughs> is how it was this is this is the school uh, i don't know that having us as professors well, they did mention that they enjoyed having us as professors and look forward to having yeah. courses with us. But, you know, their life 
we were in ministry with them mm -hmm. and a large section of the ministry that Russell did was in the children's ministry. Mm -hmm. So they've always had us involved in stuff. So that wasn't a new so thing. It wasn't odd for them at all. <laughs> the only thing that was different was there was a grade attached to it. There is. And we knew those grades and we knew the reason yeah. for those grades. So sometimes there was a discussion. Uh, yeah. So report listen. card, report card night is more, <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, sh shifting gears. Um, let's talk a little bit about the specific area of focus that you oversee Christian teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know that I graduated from a Christian teaching at Jason. I got my degree in youth ministry, but pretend like I have absolutely no understanding about what Christian teaching is. Talk to me about why that is important, um, both to the mission of the college and ultimately, uh, the mission of the church at large. All right. Well, Christian teaching is a program for those who are interested in going into teaching as their vocation, as their career. So this, these are your classroom teachers, whether it's in a private school or a public school. Although I do have people who come for the Christian teaching degree who want to homeschool their children, but they want to be schooled in the skills and methods that will be most effective to work with their kids. So there are those. I also have currently and in the past students who are looking to go on to the college level of teaching and mm -hmm. this is their 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 foundation their basics yeah. to, to go on to that uh, so anyone who wants to go into the teaching as a career i i believe that the christian teaching program supports the ministry of the college in that christian teaching is a ministry mm -hmm. teaching itself is a ministry and that also helps to further with the mission of the church so i can talk more about that if you need me to. <laughs> well, I know that uh, two thoughts come up as you mentioned that. Number one, um, yeah, for those who aren't aware, generally speaking, the rule of thumb is if you're going to teach in a place, you have to have a one degree higher than those that you are teaching. So, sure. for example, um, you know, we, we have students here training to get their associates, their bachelors. So minimum requirement for college is a master's degree get into grad school, which is where people are learning their master's stuff, high minimum requirement is doctorate, Correct. Um, and then so on and so forth. And so um, I just, I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to dive into that a little bit, just so that, just to give some clarity to the, the going on in college teaching. Right. Sort yeah, of good. Thing. Um, the second thing I wanted to point out, um, and this is something that I, you know, we don't talk about enough is that, um, ministry exists outside of the church as yes. well oh yes um you know the four four walls of a of a church building are not the you know the the, the walls and the gates of the kingdom um and so i if correct me if i'm wrong your youngest is currently working at a is it paylocity yeah yeah it's a paylocity um and so i i bring that up for two reasons number one um, just to again emphasize that ministry exists outside of, you know, uh, paid church work. Um, ministry is anything that you do. Um, and the second thing um, is that you know, <clears throat> and this is something that Russell, during his podcast episode last semester, talked at length about, is that um, a lot of places that are you know hiring for jobs uh, that require experience. Uh, number one, they, well, they require experience, but most jobs, they don't require a degree in the thing that you're doing. Now, 
obviously that's what the, right. the, the, the exception of like brain surgeon and, and like, <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully they have a degree in what they're doing. Yeah. Like pilots and whatnot. Um, but outside of that, I mean, your daughter has a degree from a, uh, a Bible college and has a job that is, we don't teach, yeah, we don't teach accounting here. Right. Um, so I just want to bring that up because that's, it was just an organic Yes, moment. four-year degrees open the door to a wide variety. Yeah. And the teaching degree itself opens the door to so much yeah. out there that's not necessarily standing in front of a group of students and teaching in a classroom type mm -hmm. setting. So yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of hats, a lot of skills that go into that. So. Yeah. So what kind of, so talking, you know, we, 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 we have this focus on the very broad general subject of Christian education. I want to, I want to narrow that focus a little bit. Um, if you can, if you narrow down to like one or two things, um, that you teach your students who then go and teach, what, what are those one or two things that you're like extra, extra passionate about teaching? Okay. Beyond the skills of teaching and teaching methods and all that. Yeah, if those are the two things, absolutely. Just what are the things that you, you know, when you're teaching your students and you look out into the, into the crowd of, um, you know, your college students and you see those eyes light up and understanding what are those things that just, that just, uh, you know, reignite the, the passion of teaching for you. Okay. I, I think, well, besides, like I said, besides teaching the skills and the methods, which we do here, and we do get the teachers set up well to be able to instruct and instruct effectively. My biggest passion though that I drive home and I think that does set us apart is the whole ministry aspect. To me, my, it's come down in my experience in life that everything's about relationships. It's all about relationships. Everything we do is about relationships and relationships within the classroom as well. My relationship with my students, the parents, my peers, administration, it's all about that. And when you view it as the whole idea of it's a ministry, it changes everything you do. It changes your mindset toward every aspect of teaching. It enhances those relationships greatly and you are more effective and more impactful into the lives of your students, making a change for them into your relationship with your peers. They see the relationship with the students and they notice. I can tell you a story about that one. Um, Go for it, yeah. I can tell you several. Uh, there, <laughs> um, so I, when, when you're a Christian and you're, and you see this as a ministry and you're teaching, I believe God uses the characteristics and traits that he's given you in this gift of teaching, um, to draw students to you who need that. Mm. So I'm a woman, I'm a mom and a grandma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so those characteristics of the love and the nurturing and stuff are just part of, of what I do. And so the students that will be drawn mostly to me that will just be surrounding me, there was a student, not a student, a teacher who would always tease me. He would say, oh, those are Amber's kids. <laughs> and I'd say, hey, because the kids he's talking about are going to be the outcasts, yeah. the misfits, the troubled kids that the other teachers put aside because they don't want to deal with mm. them. They would be constantly drawn in a circle around me and so those are Amber's kids. Mm. And I, my reply was, hey, everybody needs love. I said, it's mm. easy to love the pretty. It's easy to love the kind and nice and the, the student who sits and does everything you do, you know, does everything you ask. Um, and, but there's a challenge in the other ones. And so 
that's just an idea of, of when you see it as a ministry, and this is what I drive home to my, my students, is just look beyond the student, I mean, look beyond the behavior, I should say, and see the student mm. who's behind that. And I, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in my relationship with the parents as well. My teaching partner, when I worked at, at the middle school, is not a Christian. And I had very, very few parent issues. Mm. She had a lot. Yeah. But I think the big difference was... I look at my students in my class through the lens, through the eyes of God's love. Mm. And that changes so much about what you do that if a parent does come to me with some issues or they're upset about something that's, that they've heard has occurred, um, they don't leave that way because they see how much I love their students and care about their students and their education as well as their well-being. And it makes all that difference in the world. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful and fantastic <coughs> ministry. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's kind of a good slogan tagline of the Christian education department just you know seeing past the student or seeing past the behavior to see the student to see the student actually yeah. see the student yeah that's good i like that thanks um <laughs> and you know that you telling that little that little story kind of leads into our next uh little segment which for those who don't know uh is one of my favorite things in the world because <laughs> i really enjoy listening to people's stories and uh so the next uh the next i call it a segment um, you know, you, you, you've been connected to college for a while, just yeah. a little while. Right. Um, and I should say, should say college schooling in general, um, Correct. something that <clears throat> in my four years at Boise Bible college, um, we had, uh, um, I don't know if you've heard them. They're called uh, pranks. Uh, <laughs> yes. so, um, this, this next little bit, um, uh, just a fun little, uh, story time. What's something you know, fun, embarrassing, a prank that you pulled or was pulled on you, whether it be in school or college or any just fun, uh, <laughs> if it's embarrassing, I'm going to be more happy, but um, any kind of fun <laughs> story like that. Well, going through school, I didn't pull a lot of pranks. You have to ask my husband about that. He's the prankster. He's got all kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one, uh, I guess, funny but gross yucky interesting kind of thing um, what was, a combination <laughs> you know right uh when i was going to school here at bb's voice of bible college i we had hot chocolate and hot drinks mm-hmm. in the cafeteria that you could go and get in between classes so a group of us went in there and i scooped out the hot chocolate the lid to it was off and i just scooped out the hot chocolate poured my hot water in and mixed it up and took a drink and went hmm What's in my, there's something in here. And I thought it was like a lump of cocoa. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't dissolve yeah. all the way. So I took my tongue and I smushed it at the top of my mouth. No, that doesn't feel like cocoa. It feels more like styrofoam. Styrofoam. So then I put it between my front two teeth and I chomp on it a little bit to feel it. That's not styrofoam. What is this? And I pull it out. It was a spider. It was a spider. It was a spider. <laughs> there was a spider in my jaw. Oh. And I chewed on its leg. Oh. It was so disgusting. I spit it out. I didn't throw up. Ugh. I rinsed out my mouth. But yeah, that's my like, oh my Mama goodness. Mia. So that's my gross story. <laughs> you know, full disclosure, I knew the ins and outs. I knew like the, the brief summary of that story before <laughs> we started this recording. But but hearing you describe it, knowing what I knew, oh, that just made me squirm. Just imagine the texture of <gasps> spider legs between your front two teeth. Good grief. <laughs> it's you know, not pleasant. Oh, man. I... 
Ugh, man, texture is the worst. <laughs> like, it, it can make a, and this doesn't apply for spiders, but texture can make something that tastes great awful. It can. Um, man. Well, go through COVID and lose your sense of taste and smell. And everything's texture, and you lose oh, the man. desire to eat no matter Did, how hungry you are. So, and so, actually, um, talking of that, um, <laughs> when, when you guys uh, came down with the Rona, which by the way, um, for those of you who don't know, Russell is, um, both the head of the admission. Oh, well, he's, well, he's, yeah, the admissions department, but also Christian education, but specifically, uh, youth ministry. Um, I say specifically, that was specifically for me. So he was my department head and my current boss. So both Amber and Russell, um, have, have been my employers at one point or another. Um, but he, he talked about that, um, you know, losing your sense of taste and smell. And, uh, he told me that <clears throat> once he had lost all taste, um, he decided to eat a pretzel and the saltiness of that pretzel that just got magnified. It was, it was incredible. It was, I, he said, couldn't it, eat them. he said it was painful. <laughs> it was, yeah. Anyway, I just, yeah. you, you mentioned that and I just wanted to say something. Salt's uh, the one thing that came through. <laughs> it just, and it came through with a vengeance. Bang. Um, something, uh, Amber, that I, I just realized was that I had to, I had to confess, I skipped a question. Oh no. And I'm so, so sorry. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> so we're going to, we're going to circle back real fast and then we're going to circle back again. I'm going to ask you, um, the, the last of my repetitious questions, but, um, so you guys, you know, you, you came to school here <clears throat> at Boise Bible College, went on a journey, and then came back. What yes. was the story of the Groves um, return trip to Boise Bible College? Okay, I'll tell you about, well, I'll tell you, try to keep it brief, the journey, period. Um, it's been a theme through our life that God has set our feet on these paths. And sometimes you don't know why you're on this path. You know, and then when you look back, you see why. I mentioned that earlier. But also the same with our life together and ministry together. So we, we graduated from Boise Bible College. I had my associates. Russell had his four-year degree. We went to Ohio. And he worked there and went to school there. I mentioned that. We were there for nine years. At the end of nine years, the department at the seminar that he was working in was done away with. So we found ourselves looking for a job. And he was looking in the local churches because he wanted to get back into ministry. So there was a church right there in Cincinnati that was very interested and wanted him. There was a church in Indiana that also wanted him. And so we're already, okay, Lord, what do we do? These people, these two churches were in constant contact with Russell. I would like to say daily, but at least multiple <laughs> times a week talking to Russell, um, him going and visiting them, different interviews, the whole process. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, we get a call from Florida. Hmm. We know no one in Florida. <laughs> and Russell picks up the phone. I still remember distinctly this day. He picks up the phone and he, and he says, it's Ken Gemeinhart from Florida. And I'm like, what? Who's that? Well, it turns out Ken Gemeinhart played basketball with someone, oh no, his friend from college was someone that Russell played basketball with in Ohio. Interesting. And Ken Gemeinhart was talking to him about their need for a Christian education minister. Hmm. And he said, oh, I know someone. So he connected Ken with Russell. And so he called. And so when he hung, so it's like, wow, the small world yeah, yeah. we live in. And 
uh, so when Russell hung up the phone, he said, Florida, that's just a pipe dream. <laughs> you know, Florida, the land of vacation yep. and beaches, yep. we're going there, right. And I said, hey, don't close that door. Which, by the way, is a motto that I say, have said often, and my kids hate it because usually means we're moving. But anyway, <laughs> don't close that door. So we explored that field for, further, and one incredible thing was those two churches that talked to Russell constantly stopped talking to Russell. Just radio silence. For two weeks. Wow. Not one word. And during that two weeks, we were talking to Florida. Mm-hmm. During that two weeks, we flew down to Florida. They interviewed us there. Um, so we're like, okay, Lord, what's happening? We have these two churches here that say they want Russell, they want him, and this one in Florida is interviewing us, and that's really out of the blue. Mm-hmm. What's going on? So Russell was talking to one of the professors at Cincinnati Bible College, uh, Dr. Winter, hmm. great guy, and he said that whenever he and his wife had an issue that they needed to make a decision on, a big life decision, they made two lists. And they were very specific about these two lists, and they prayed these two lists. So we made two lists. Here's our list for us to stay in Ohio, or just move next door to Indiana. (laughs) Stay in Ohio, or to move to Florida. We were super specific down to jobs, needing a house, Mm -hmm. and the amount of money we'd need to make. So these are checklists. These are checklists. And Dr. Winter said, pray your list and watch God check off your list. Mm. So we prayed our list. This is during that two weeks. And God's checking off the Florida list. (laughs) not the Ohio list. Mm-hmm. And it gets to where when we go down to Florida to visit, to visit, there's only one item left on that checklist for Florida, and that is a house. Mm-hmm. On the very last day that we are there, the Sunday, it's an hour before we leave for the airport, an older gentleman, Horace White, comes up to us, as, uh, us and says, y'all need a place to live? Man. Uh, well, yeah. As a matter of fact. And so here's this house that my daughter and son-in-law own. It's up for rent. In fact, it was a house that we had stopped and looked at. Really? And when we returned the neighborhood, because the the um, the preacher had said, you know, oh, some people in our fam- our church family owns this house, blah, 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 blah. I even got out because he, he said that it was a rental. I'm a little bit bold. And there was no one home, so I got out and peeked in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> a little looky-loo there. But yeah. Anyway, so I was like, what? So this house that we just happened to talk about one day is oh the house goodness. you're offering us now. So there's that. And just a little side note of that one was um, Russell always, he kind of rolled his eyes at me like, oh, okay, whatever. When I told him <laughs> this, I said, but hey, look, we had just bought a brand new dryer, gas hookup for the house we were living in in Ohio. I said, the washer's going to die here in like a year or so, but we're taking the dryer with us wherever (laughs) we go. And the house that we, that house I mentioned, Uh it had a washer, brand new, no dryer, gas hookup. I went, there's the last piece. And he's like, okay. I'm like, hey. And the pipe dream was completed. (laughs) Yes, it was. My goodness. So so the same thing happened again. We had gone, we were in Florida ministering for 12 years, thought we'd be there forever. And... We had gone to Guyana, came back on a Saturday. Sunday, we're in the church. We were teaching the preschoolers, and we had them outside playing because we were exhausted. So we did our lesson, and we took them outside. Yeah. Um, and Russell had gone inside to do something and came back. He says, you won't believe this. And I'm like, what? He says, I got an email from Chuck Faber mm. from Boise Bible College asking if I'd be interested in the Christian education position there. I'm like, What? <laughs> Surely God's not moving us now. By the way, how long at that point had it been since you guys had been in contact with the college? Oh, golly. Years, years, years. Years and years. Years. And in fact, early on, 
back in Ohio, there was a period of time. I, I think is when we were looking to move, mm-hmm. when, when the, his department was done away with, where Russell reached out to Boise Bible yeah. College, and it was a no at yeah. that point. So, so we're talking been at least years 12. of time yes. between last contact and, and Chuck Faber just dropping mm-hmm. a line. Yep, Man. yep, yep. And so... Surely God's not moving us now. Our oldest daughter had just graduated high school. She was going to go to Florida Christian mm-hmm. College. And my other two were still in high school. Surely God's not moving us now. But don't close that door. Yep. And so we investigated it, and we ended up coming here. Again, we made two lists. God checked off the list for Boise. Oh, but here's one of my favorite parts of the story. I sat down with my kids, and I had said, your dad and I pray for God to show us. And one of the things I always prayed is, Lord, hit me over the head with a neon sign. And he always did. He made it very evident. Yeah. Um, but your dad and I look for God to show us what he wants us to do. Uh, I'd like for you guys to pray for God to show you. Because they're a big part of this. Mm-hmm. I'm uprooting them. They grew up here in Florida. Yeah. And so, um, well, along with that, one of the things that Russell had prayed because Russell hates to move. Mm-hmm. God really has to pry <laughs> him out of the ground to get him to move. So his prayer was, okay, Lord, because he figured this was his ace in the hole. <laughs> I'll move. I'll know it's your will if our youngest daughter, Kaylee, who he knew, she was four we moved four to Florida. She does not want to move. Yeah. She's a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. If she's okay with it, then all right, then I'll know. So he figures, ah, got God on that one. He's weaponizing his daughter yeah, he against is. the Lord. He is. Um, Kristen, my oldest, she she didn't pray anything because she was game for whatever. Yeah. She was fine. My son had a girlfriend at the time, and he says, okay, I'll pray that she'll be okay with it. Mm. So um, we fly like out father, here. Like son. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and we fly out here to, to, to Boise to check things out, to talk, interview further. And we bring the kids with us because they're part of this whole mm-hmm. disc- this, uh, discussion. And... I don't know why, but well, I kind of do. I think God says, okay, take Mary, Ryan's girlfriend. So we paid for a ticket for Mary to come to. At the end of her time here there, Mary says, y'all be crazy not to move here. Mm. That's what she tells my son. And he's like, ugh, crud. <laughs> and uh, one of the my dominoes youngest, fall. Yes, one domino, tink. And the biggest domino of all, Russell's prayer. Mm. Kaylee refused to pray, the youngest. I'm not praying for God to show me because I don't want to move. Mm. So she didn't pray. But Russell's prayer, she comes up to her father and she says, I don't want to move, mm. but I think God's moving us oh, here. Oh, man. Oh, man. And there's and so, that moment of, of Russell like, it's going to happen. And then, no, oh, we're moving. So I, I just love that story of, of how we were praying our list and God checking off our list and showing us and then my kids praying or not praying <laughs> and just how God says, okay, let me show you here too. Mm-hmm. And that brought us back here. Back here to Boise, Russell started teaching, and I taught in the school system here for a while longer. All right. Sorry, did that take too long? No, not at all. Okay, good. I, one of my, fa- like I said, love hearing people's stories, especially people that I have known for the better part of, it's been like, better part of a decade now. Yeah. I had no clue of anything you just told me. Oh, cool. So, totally fine. Um, uh, in the interest of time, I do want to move on to our our last question. I'm a big fan of repetitious questions. I feel like they uh, they tell me personally a lot about uh, mm-hmm. the faculty here, um, but more importantly, it tells uh, the listeners. Um, but I want you, Amber, to um, pretend like I am a high school student who is 
um, internally debating the pros and cons, uh, the viability of specifically a Christian education degree from Boise Bible College. What would you tell me? What advice would you give? What encouragements? What would you say? All right. Um, there's a big difference between the education we give you here for teaching as what you will get at other universities that aren't religion-based, that aren't based in God. Mm. <laughs> and so we will teach you what you need to know to run a classroom effectively. So you will have those skills. But beyond that is that ministry component I mentioned earlier, just seeing your students in a different light and approaching your whole career uh, in a different light. Because it's not, a, it's not a job, it's a ministry to me. It's a passion. Um, we all offer here, we are a small school. And so if someone is wanting to go into, say, special education, or they really want to work with English language learners, or they're wanting to go on to secondary with uh, education, we offer the basics that you need for those. And then our program has more electives than other programs. It's built in there for subject area electives for students to go to other colleges in our area to get that special, those special courses in those specialized areas that you would need. So we have, the, we have what you need to get you going. We have that ministry focus that's gonna change everything about what you do and make this a passion for your life. And we also have the doors open for you to be able to go beyond an elementary education degree into other fields and other endorsements that you can put on your certification. All right, good stuff. Okay. Well, Amber, um, it's been good having you. It's been good having you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. This was fun. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> um, dear listener, um, I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Department Head of the Christian Teaching Program. Um, uh, next week, we're going to be back at this again, uh, introducing you to another professor. So I hope that you will join us then as well. So I hope you have a blessed week and goodbye. Goodbye.